0: game. I'm Christine Wong. And today, as it is the first Monday of the month, we are hearing from someone from Leaderonomics. So today I have Rashmi Menon, Head of Client Engagement at Leaderonomics, to tell us all about self-control. We're going to talk about its roots in childhood development, and we're also going to discuss how it affects us as adults in and out of the workplace as well. So thank you very much, Rashmi, for joining me today. Thank you, Christine. It's a pleasure. All right. So, I mean, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when we talk about self-control?
1: I'm going to place myself totally in an age bracket now and say if you grew up in the 80s, it'd be Laura Branigan singing self-control. All right. But (laughs) that's not really true. I think uh, different people have different uh, concepts or triggers when it comes to self-control. So, you know, some people can't control what they eat. Others are impulse buyers. Some people are just procrastinators. So they can't control themselves when they have to focus on a task. And, you know, You can tell yourself all you like that this is bad for me. I shouldn't be having that slice of cake or I should be working on my assignment or I should be working on that report. But somehow I just don't have the self-control to do it. And that is, you know, what what self-control is all about. I mean, it's, it's an individual's decision or their ability to delay immediate gratification. You know, I want this now. Uh, you know, in favor of something which is more long term, but perhaps more meaningful in the long term. So yeah, Mm -hmm. self-control is all about controlling your impulses, your immediate short term benefits versus long term gains.
0: Right. And I think it's a bit of a an obvious question, but I'm going to ask anyway, uh, why do we need self-control? So, you know, it's self-control is something that's been
1: studied for quite some time since the 1940s, in fact, and there's a very simple reason for that. A lot of the studies that we've seen uh, show the benefits, the many, many benefits of self-control. And it's in fact, it's considered an essential trait to have to really lead a successful life. So all the research that is done links high self-control to everything. You know, it, it could be your success in academics, how successful you are in your profession, in your social well-being, you know, just having better mental and physical health and even longer lifespans. Hmm. So, you know. On one end of the spectrum, you have people who have low self-control and they have been directly linked to a, you know, a higher probability of engaging in risky behavior. So you know, people uh, who are impulsive, they look for short-term gratification, they're insensitive to others. And in the extreme cases, people with low self-control can even turn to criminal you know, activities or, or criminals are shown to have low self-control in a sense. Mm. And I guess that's why uh, there is, in fact, a self-control theory of crime uh, which talks about uh, the lack of individual self-control being a key factor behind criminal behaviors. You want to be a successful individual, somebody who does well in life, who has great social relationships, who's you know got a great career. And for all of those things, it's been found that self-control is essential. Mm.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about you know some of these theories that you mentioned uh, behind self-control and how they evolved?
1: Sure, so you know it, it all goes back to Freud. Freud was the one who actually laid the foundation for for self-control, you know, and he had something which he called the pleasure principle and the reality principle. And of course, pleasure principle is, you know, your desire for immediate instant gratification. And your reality principle actually refers to delayed gratification. So in 1948, the study of cybernetics took this further. And this theory was centered around the fact that any environmental stimulus will create reactions and these reactions will lead to certain behaviors which if you exhibit self control will lead you to you know reaching your goal but without self control will take you away from your goal so if we take this even further and i'm not going to go into too much detail but in 1968 there was a general systems theory and they actually created an entire framework around self control and it talked about the fact that you know when you have long term more abstract goals you know in my head i'm visualizing Maybe I have a paper to write and I'm imagining myself standing on stage presenting that paper. But mm-hmm. it's, it's a long term goal. It's not happening now or tomorrow. What I see right in front of me is maybe this Netflix show that I've been wanting to binge. And it's so much easier to gratify myself and give myself that short term pleasure. But if I have self-control, I will look at that long term abstract goal. And that's the behavioral choice I will make, that I, I want to see that success. I want to attain that long-term goal. So I will delay my instant gratification in favor of my long-term goal. And people, you know, so it all comes down to your focus and your self-control and if and those behavioral decisions that you make. So, you know, mm. you, you make those decisions to do your work for your paper rather than, you know, binging that Netflix show. And then that's how you go about achieving your goals. So self-control is very essential for those long-term not very immediate goals that you have in your you know head or
0: in your plans ahead yeah right i see now you know i think it's interesting that this is a concept that has been studied for so long and we're so fascinated by what determines self-control and and how it affects us but i want to ask is self-control something that is an inborn trait or are some people just naturally better at controlling themselves than others
1: so so this is interesting you know it's it's uh I read quite a lot of different you know articles and, and papers and stuff about self-control when I was actually you know working on this uh, on this uh, session with you. Honestly, I had to really practice self-control because there were Netflix shows I would rather binge at this time <laughs> but but you know it, it was an exercise in self-control but there are some really good studies out there and there's a very famous study which was conducted on children in New Zealand and it's called the Dunedin Multidisciplinary Health and. Pen- Development study. It's a long mouthful of a name. And they actually followed about a thousand children from the time they were, I think, five years old uh, up to like 32 or something. Wow. And they found that children who had higher levels of self control at the age of five were far healthier, wealthier, and less likely to have any addiction or criminal convictions. So, children with more self control. Did not have criminal records while well, children who had less self-control. And of course, if my toddler is throwing a tantrum and I'm not able to make them control it or I'm not able to make my you know, pre-sc- uh, elementary school kid do his homework, does that mean he's going to turn out to be a criminal? No, mm-hmm. it doesn't. Because self-control is like a muscle. You can actually build it. You can train your children to build it. You can give them the right tools, the right uh, behavioral tips. And, and the more you make people practice self-control, the better they get at it. So like every other skill that we learn, the more you practice it, the better you are at it. So. Right.
0: I, I noticed in the, in the notes that we have here, uh, you also mentioned the Stanford Marshmallow Study. And if I'm not mistaken, this is basically a, a great example of an exercise in exercising self-control. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, you can either eat one marshmallow now or you can wait mm-hmm. and then you get two marshmallows
1: exactly right so
0: that leads really nicely into the next uh part of this conversation which is if you can exercise self-control and build it like a muscle uh what Mm -hmm. are some of the ways that you can do that
1: okay some of the key things that you have to do and and i love that marshmallow study by the way and there
0: (laughs) are variations to that study later you know Mm. it's
1: always a thing oh if somebody tells me i can have two slices of pizza. I'm not a big marshmallow fan, but two slices of pizza versus one. And then probably in my head, I'll say, oh my God, I'll have to, you know, take a walk, which is like double the length of my usual walk. So Mm -hmm. then I'll probably just drop both slices of pizza. But I think some of the key elements are things like deferring gratifications. Mm -hmm. You know, it's literally by saying that you tell yourself that if I wait and if I take my time uh, to, you know, get that reward that I'm looking for or get that pleasure I'm looking for, and you can, you know, so that's, that's one of the elements, not wanting everything now, right mm. now, but waiting for it to happen. And you can learn to, you know, tips to do this, you can distract yourself. So, you know, I, I really want to stop working on my report and go read that amazing book I have at my bedside table. But I tell myself, no, if I finish two more pages of my report, then I can go read one chapter of that book. So, you know, you reward yourself, mm. but you defer it. And so you, you look, work towards your long term goal, but give yourself shorter term rewards and you know distract yourself and listen to music do something that'll keep you focused on your report uh, think about the consequences of what you want to do so a lot of times low self-control can lead to risky behavior so people who think about okay if i do this now if i climb on top of that tree and try to jump down on that pile of hay i mean this is a very ridiculous example but you know <laughs> something of that sort uh, would it really hurt me but what if i thought a little bit about it and then i would actually be more cautious and i mean not indulge in that risky behavior so that's self-control controlling my impulses Mm. Um, things like think about the different options you have before you decide what you want to do so that that really helps to build self-control and uh, things like you know curiosity is great and love of learning is great so when you when you're curious about something maybe I want to touch that I don't know, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of examples, but I want to do something, but then I think about all the consequences of doing that thing, and I think about the other options that are available to me. So that's, I'm exercising my mind, I'm exercising my way of thinking, and, you know, that's cognitive abilities. Mm-hmm. These are all different elements of self-control. And, of course, to, you know, the, the way to see alternate perspectives, rather than you react impulsively to someone's behavior, someone's really annoyed me, but instead of yelling at them immediately or having a fight with them, maybe I think about why did they behave this way? Give my time to put myself in their shoes you know so have empathy empathy is a very strong element of self-control and and we'll come to that when we talk about you know self-control in the workplace later on in this this discussion but yeah so Mm -hmm. these are some of the things you know be cautious think about consequences think about alternatives be empathetic to the person to you know whoever is making you react in a certain way and how do you control yourself you know after thinking about all of these things that'll help you build up
0: self-control. Interesting. Well, uh, it's time for a short break. But uh, after that, I will continue con- my conversation with uh, Rafi Manon, uh, Head of Client Engagement at Leaderonomics, all about self-control. So do exercise some self-control and stay tuned to BFM 89.9. I have a dream. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. And on the line with me today is Rashmi Menon. She's the head of client engagement at Leaderonomics. And today we're talking all about the concept of self-control. So before the break, we defined what self-control was and explored some of the psychological elements uh, and background of why we're so fascinated by the concept of self-control as well. Now, there's part of this uh, that we mentioned earlier before the break, which is uh, the Stanford Marshmallow uh, experiment or study essentially testing children and their self-control right so tell me a little bit about that development a lot of times there's a perception
1: that children who lack self-control are not smart enough not intelligent enough and that's not really true because uh, when you're impulsive you're quick to take risks you know these these kind of people have some amazing strengths they, you know they're the ones who go out and discover new horizons who, who are adventurers are entrepreneurs are inventors and that's great but these are also the people who can land themselves in a lot of trouble. So somewhere you have to find that balancing point, and self-control, uh, you know, in children or adults or whoever, is is a direct contributor to decision making. So I could be at a party, or I'm that child at the party, and I see that third slice of cake. So mm-hmm. you know, I really, really want that. So I'll have that third slice of cake. Or you know, I'm the teenager who'd rather spend all night, you know, gaming with my friends and not working on my assignment that's due tomorrow. Or, you know, as I mentioned earlier, an adult who wants to net binge on Netflix rather than work on, you know, their script or their, you know, notes for today's session. So all of these things come down to self-control. And a lot of times, you know, when you when you make these wrong choices or you make these inappropriate choices, the consequences may not be may not seem to be very long term. So, you know, okay, I have too much cake. So what I have a stomach ache and I you know, take some medication. I'm fine. Or maybe I, I get poor grades. But it does matter that, you know, you exercise self-control. And sometimes the long-term consequences are something that we may not want to, you know, face. Mm. Uh, You know, you can tell yourself, I need to be a risk taker. I need to be, you know, out there and and doing crazy new things. But at the same time, there has to be a touch of caution. There has to be a touch of self-control. So, you know, teenagers at heart, I have two teenagers, and teenagers are risk takers. You know, they'll they'll always push the boundaries. They'll always like, you know, uh, look at doing things that they shouldn't be doing. And you, you know, cognitively that they should not be doing that but they're not able to recognize that and i think as long as they know what's the difference between taking a really dangerous risk or something that's you know just just as i said stomach ache or maybe one per grade it's okay Mm. but sometimes when teenagers take you know make the wrong choices or don't don't exercise self control the consequences can be very very long term very dangerous you know it, it could lead to addiction there could be things like it could be you know health related so things like They would be drinking, smoking, Mm. poor diet, you know, lack of sleep. It could be things like irresponsible spending. It could be, you know, your relationships are impacted. Your long-term career plans are impacted. You know, all all kinds of those kind of poor lack of self-control choices can lead to long-term consequences. And that's something we need to teach them. That, you know, even though you have to take risks and you have to put yourself out there, you have to be cautious before doing that. Mm. And, you know, I guess... uh, it's a, it's critical that they understand that that you know even though this short term choice may seem like a fun and happy choice or something that's really giving you a lot of pleasure but long term, the consequences can be lifelong. So you have to really, really uh, think about what you're doing, and you know, sort of learn to distinguish between the tough choices, or, or sort of the dangerous and risky choices, and the ones which are just going to, you know, have short term consequences. So, right? Uh, yeah, I guess that's why it's important for teenagers or children to learn self control, and for us
0: to, as adults, teach them self control. Yeah, I think also because you know, uh, when you're younger, I guess your 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 choices have slightly less in a way, kind of slightly less consequence, right? Like having too much right. cake and having a stomach ache is not going to impact the rest of your life. No. Um, but also, I think it's, it's essentially, you know, as you get older, and as your actions potentially have more consequences, or more long term, or more, I guess, extreme consequences, it's about learning what I guess it's about learning how to take a calculated risk, as opposed to, you know, a, a risk that is very purely impulsive, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So we've talked about children and teenagers, but, you know, what about adults? Like, if you get to a point where, you know, you are an adult and let's say you're already in the working world, for example, is it too late for an adult to learn self-control?
1: So that's interesting. So, you know, we were talking about self-control and how it's all about controlling our impulses, not mm. giving in to them or, you know, or, or controlling our immediate responses. But there's been a lot of new research since 1998. And this, to- and this has kind of been based in positive psychology. And one of the things is it talks about not just self-control, but self-regulation, mm. which kind of focuses on reducing the intensity and the frequency of our impulses. So, you know, I, if I feel like Binging on a slice of cake ten times a week. Maybe I give given to it once. You know, I, I regulate myself, so I don't deny myself all the time. I don't have to stop myself every time. But if I allow little, you know, little rewards, or or you know, it, it, I be, I reward myself for good behavior by giving myself something that I really like, but which I know, you know, technically I should have the self control not to eat or not to you know indulge in. That actually works better than trying to completely eliminate something like that in your life. So, you know, self-control is really possible if you practice self-regulation. And I guess the important thing, how do we make this, you know, how do we practice Mm self-regulation? Decide your goals. What are the goals that are really important to you in life? I really, really, really want to get all A's. uh, A's is a children's example, but say I really want to bring out that white paper that i've been working mm. on and i want it published in a particular publication and i need to spend this much time every single day working on it even though i would rather be doing other things or the shorter term you know things that gratify me in the short term so you decide your goals and the goals have to be important goals to you whatever it is whether it's fitting into you know that summer dress mm. or you know uh, taking that holiday for which you need to save money all of these are you know very strong adult goals. And, you know, if you can regulate yourself to look at those long-term goals as something desirable, Mm. uh, create a plan. So I have this goal. I want to go on that amazing vacation that I need to save so much money. So you make a plan. Maybe I go out for dinner one less time every week. Maybe I don't buy that coffee at Starbucks. Maybe I don't buy that new dress that I've been eyeing in the store. So I, bit by bit, I have a doable, achievable plan, which requires me to regulate my spending a little bit not completely stop spending but just regulate it mm-hmm. and that makes it much more doable and then ensure that you implement that plan you know it's we all love making plans but if you don't actually follow that plan then there's no point to it right continue to keep you know uh, each time you say i i i have made the plan but at some point i Cheat on it a little or something goes wrong and I'm not able to follow it. Don't beat yourself up over it. You know, these things happen. Just mm-hmm. revise, re-refine a little bit and continue with the plan. And that's a great way. So It's like small goals, little, little baby steps you keep taking and you will find that you've achieved that big goal. which seems so, you know, in, in Leeronomics, we do this, this what we call like a, like a world cafe exercise where you take this really big problem. And then you, you break up into teams and each team comes and resolves the next level of the problem. So I come, come up with like big positives and how you can do it negatives and how you can't do it then the next step would be like you know you how would those positives happen how would the negatives happen then the next step would be what are the actual action steps i need to take and it's a great way when you break things down when you do it in small baby steps that's you know when problems can be solved or plans can be achieved and that's what self-control is all about that you make those or self-regulation is all about mm. that you know you regulate you do it bit by bit and that helps you achieve that big picture goal.
0: Right. Now I just want to finish off this conversation with discussing a little bit about why self-control is important in the workplace and how you can utilize it in uh, in a workplace setting.
1: Sure. I think there are many many reasons why self-control is important. I think we all have this image of the of the smart rational adult who is in control of their emotions, who's up to date with their tasks who delivers and requires if you if you want to be a good employee if you want to be a good entrepreneur if you want to be a good business person if you don't have self-control you cannot achieve those business goals so you cannot achieve those relationships that you need if i react badly every time a colleague says something or a client says something or a you know co-worker or stakeholder says something and i'm not able to control my impulses to lash out or to be angry if i can't control my emotions i will not be able to take rational, objective, well-thought-out decisions because my emotions will control me. The same thing applies to work. If I have a project that's due and I have a set of do- tasks which need to be delivered, if I don't have the self-control to sit down and execute those tasks, that project is not going to be completed. If it's not completed, I either lose the business or I lose the money or I lose the client. And, you know, so, so there's just so many different things that can happen. The consequences of loss of self-control are really severe In the working world. You know, if I'm not able to, it it, it takes social media for example. If I'm not able to control the impulse to, you know, post something nasty about maybe somebody I met, you know, in a work setting and I'm really angry with how they behaved or what they said to me and I just go and rant about it on social media, Mm -hmm. but that can actually backfire and it can, I could lose my job with that, you know, behavior uh, today, any kind of social. any any kind of behavior on social networks can have very very serious consequences so i must have the self-control to analyze my own own actions my own impulses and control them you know and and not let myself behave in a way that would not be acceptable to my employers to my colleagues you know to the people around me so as a boss i have to have the self-control to pull up that you know sometimes it can be the other way around also that i i'm trying to get work out of someone but You know, I keep saying, oh, no, it's okay. Uh, They're not finishing it, but there must be a reason for it. But that's also, in a way, a lack of self-control. I don't want to take that action. I know Mm -hmm. what the long-term consequences are. So, you know, it's just a whole lot of different things. The impact in the workplace on an employee as a worker, as a Mm professional, is very strong. As I said, your networks, your job, your results, your goals, everything can be impacted if you don't have self-control.
0: All right. Well, that's about it for today's Raise Your game thank you very much Rashmi for talking to us all about self-control
1: thank you Christine I'm so glad I had the self-control to sit through this whole thing
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right anyway Uh, have a great day thank you very much thank you if you've missed any of today's podcasts you can of course download our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play you can also head over to Spotify to listen to our podcast or you can head over to our website bfm.my I'm Christine Wong and this is BFM 89.9